welcome to the newest episode of Rank Heresy. <laughs> Can we call it that? Uh, we're doing something a little different today. We've done a similar thing before, but we hated Loki so much. We have yet to watch episode three of season one. Yeah, God, it wasn't watchable. Yeah, what we did was we had a pre-watch discussion or session, and then we watched the thing, and then we processed. I don't think we said anything useful. I think we just said some variation of, I hated that for like 10 minutes after we watched it. It was a very, very bad uh, two episodes. Yeah, two but... episodes, season one, didn't make it past that. Mm -hmm. But we are wanting to make some more content. And the thing is, I have been wanting for ages now to get the Carnivorous Muffin to watch The Wave. This has been a difficult journey because you see this is the height of Norwegian cinema, which means English subtitles, we thought, were hard to find. We have done experiences where Vanel off the cuff translates As what's go. going on with mixed success. <laughs> it, it worked for uh, both troll movies. God, oh, was... God, we watched two. Yeah, but then we tried watching an uh, Ingmar Bergman film and it, it wasn't quite so successful. Yeah, it turns out he was a little too witty, mm -hmm. and uh, there were too many lines that were actually important. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting myself into an utter twist, you know, trying to speak quickly enough and then just pausing and just catching up. And like when I watched, I think it was called Askeladden with Muffin, and the lines were mostly things like, hey Askeladden, uh, don't lit our house on fire. He lit the house on fire, by the way. Yeah, sure wondering. And, and so far, that's the best Norwegian film we watched. <sighs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is that is true. Yeah. Well, tonight we'll be watching a star-studded uh, disaster movie that, at the time, was a huge hit. The time being 2015, and the marketing campaign was immense. You see, for the first ever time, we are getting a blockbuster. Disaster movie that's set in Norway, starring Christopher <laughs> Junir. And Junir uh, is, um, he's someone you really ought to Google because his face just looks so deeply feathered. He, you, you can tell that he's a Scandinavian actor and that he is used to being in noirs. Yeah, let me let me look at the, the page for this. Oh yeah, I think I'm seeing him and my first thought was like Mark Wahlberg, but pretending in a movie where he's on meth. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, he, um, that's, the, that's the vibe. A bit of useful background here is that Norway has a very big notice me senpai complex. Very big uh, little sister complex. Please notice me. When Barack Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2008, uh, our prime minister, Jens Stoltenberg, you know, he was showing in Oslo. And among the things he showed Barack Obama was our very tall buildings here in Oslo. I'm sure that's going to blow this American president's mind. Wait, Our... seriously? Yes. <laughs> we are very much about, you know, creating monuments and buildings and movies, anything that will get us noticed. If something is discussed in American media, you know, that's... And this is, this is not just Norway, you know, this is other countries too, you know, the last noticed ones. Uh, you, you, you can bet that if a major actress in, um, who makes it in America is Slovenian, they'll be talking about it. We are immensely proud of our actors who make it. When a Norwegian movie was nominated for a Best International Film some years back, my god, it was intense. 
Eurovision for this reason is also a big deal. We, and yeah, you keep losing. They want to win. And yet the Swedes beat you. Every time. Every time. Yeah. We are sadly in the long line of European countries that want to be noticed. And our movie industry will uh, reflect this in part because we also have the money to put a lot of effort into production while then mimicking American film <laughs> and hoping, hoping will be noticed. But really it's about making us Norwegians feel, oh yeah, this is just like an American film, only in Norway. Also, this is Troll and Asmuffin is about to experience the wave. Yeah, I was about to say the troll, which we are not embarking on today. I have already been on that journey. That was that was quite evident in that it wasn't as unwatchably bad as a Transformers movie, but it had a similar... You could tell they were going for a similar feel in that we had a lot of CGI troll fight scenes. And of course, the troll turns that? out to have a tragic backstory near the end. Yeah, the troll had a very tragic backstory and kind of chooses death, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would too, after they took the skull of his child and drove it through the city of Oslo to enrage him. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, that was a great plan and a great movie. And uh, he also smashes Moomin Land. Yeah. To give a bit of um, an idea of what the wave is about, it's about uh, Christopher Junner playing a geologist, a brilliant geologist, who figures out that the tourist destination, very beautiful, you should go there, Geiranger, is about to get flooded because a part of the mountain is about to fall into the fjord. And when that happens, and it's going to be imminent, a fuck ton of people are going to die. Wait! That's what it is? I thought they had an earthquake. No, and, no, like, that's the next movie. That's the next movie. How much of the... Oh, I guess I'm going to find out, but how much of the mountain fell into the sea? Big part. What? <laughs> Wait. No, that's why I thought he was a geologist of... No, see, he notices that there's a fissure in the mountain that's getting bigger and bigger, just widening. Oh my... What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we end the movie with a, this could actually happen. And that would be bad news for Geirangir. I mean, I guess it would. Yeah, it really would be. I mean, we also did have, at the time, serious drama about the mountain where a big piece of that mountain, and this was in real life, was going to fall off. I remember there was, you know, a live stream of that mountain that just kept going because it wasn't it falling. Was falling slowly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, was quite invested. I think actually it was a year or two later. Or, or else it was just ongoing for that entire period. I don't remember. Eventually it fell off. And there were headlines because fucking finally, you know, we'd all been waiting for this to happen. <laughs> Stunned. How long? How? What am I subjecting myself to? How long is this? Let's look. Oh, thank God. It's, all, it's only an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. I watched it in movies and it felt longer. In a, in a good way. I thought it was a great movie at the time. In a, in a good way. Oh. <laughs> All right, I, I have nothing more to say about this because I, I know the American films in this genre are kind of terrible. You know, it's, we sort of peaked with Independence Day and then it just got worse. So I expect that level of thing here. The thing is, everyone agreed that the wave was really good, but then the quake, which is the sequel in which there's an earthquake, 
Uh, it was so bad. And you know, you could tell they really wanted to make it a trilogy because at the end of the quake, they're talking about how a new disaster could happen at any moment, you know? What? Okay. What do you even do out of, outside the quake? Like, all right. is Would it be a volcano erupts? Um, new quake. New Another quake? A tsunami <laughs> after the earthquake, which is kind of what you expect? Or is it no. like ant people roam out of the fissure in the earth from the quake and the mountain falling to the sea? Maybe he would go to Iceland and predict a, volcano, um, a volcanic outburst before anybody else. Before anyone else. But then it wouldn't be happening in Norway, you see? So it would be a bit of, you know, the, the, that's the entire point. The trailer yeah. was all about how uh, the trailer for the sequel, that is. And for the, and, and both movies was all about it's happening in Norway. But the sequel trailer was very much about this time, it's Oslo. This time, it's... And then it turned out that they blew their entire budget on the shot we see in the trailer of Oslo being blown to pieces or shaken to pieces. And they spent the entire movie inside the Radisson Blue Hotel on the barcode part in, in Oslo. What? Yeah. I, I, I wish I was joking, but no. There's just elevator shafts. Which floor is my wife on? And a whole bunch of non nonsense. <sighs> Okay, that's bad. This is gonna be bad. All right. There, there are good in Norwegian movies in existence. They no, exist. no, you've subjected me to troll. <laughs> now the wave. Asklad was at least watchable. It was kind of bad, but I could watch it. It was okay. Yeah, I, I'm giving you the tour of the worst of the worst. Generally, um. Oh yeah, Dead Snow. Uh, our, the, the, oh yeah, yeah. Dead Snow is great. Generally, uh, Sami movies tend to be very good. <laughs> that That's the best of the best we've got to offer, really. Um, the King's Snow, also really good. Uh, but they were just being... I mean, yes, making historical movies is difficult, but they also they took serial liberties. They just went off historical events. So more of a... I think it was marketed as a semi-biographical movie. Well, we have some other historical movies. There's Contiki, about guys on the raft. There's Amundsen, guys heading north, and Max Manus, guys during the war. Let's just start this movie. Yeah. Well, we just watched it. <laughs> um, I should preface: I've seen I've seen many worse movies than this. I have seen many, many worse movies than The Wave. It doesn't even rank in my top ten bad. I like to think it has a very particular flavor known as um, deeply serious Scandinavian movie type bad. To give an example before we get into summarizing what was happening in the, in, in the film. At one point, Christian, our main character, he stayed behind to try and save his friend's wife while his friend ran off to, um, with his kid and Christian's daughter. So they did an exchange. I'll protect your family, you protect mine. And when they see each other again, wife dead. And I want to emphasize how Scandinavian this is. And in this moment when Christian's hobbling up Son's wife and Fran's looking at him, waiting for some explanation of where wife, they don't say anything. <laughs> they just stare at each other. And there's a subtle bro nod. Sup, bro. Your wife's dead. It's, and, it's a very somber moment. And he kind of nods back, a little jerkily, because he's showing emotion. 
<laughs> and then they never speak of it. Um, sometimes Muffin and I will notice cultural differences between us because I thought, wow, what a sad moment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, seriously, you thought that? Yeah, it seemed like a perfectly, you know, perfectly, you know, natural expression. No, he just like shakily nods his head like he's going to break down, but he doesn't. And then two seconds later, we're editing and he's not emoting again, sitting in the car with the kids. <laughs> we never speak of this again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I will say that in American movies, which Muffin, you know, Muffin started explaining how in American movies, you know, he would be... Um, crying out about it, my wife is dead, it's all your fault, you killed her. And I, I, I just always view that as very melodramatic and just sort of forced, you know? <laughs> that man is not following Yantelo. <laughs> Yantelo is something else. That, uh... <laughs> but yes, um, I, I honestly... This wait, is a wait, sort wait, of wait. movie I would recommend if you have absolutely nothing else to do and if you are with someone else because we have a lot of shots of mountain, man looking at mountain, man uh, looking upon water running down from mountain, <sighs> mentions of how he loves mountains more than wife, man leaves children in car for several hours because he must go check on mountain. <laughs> So the movie begins with... Wait, um, I just realized they solved none of their problems. Yeah, they're still going to Svastavangir. Yeah, man still loves mountain more than wife. Mountain's just a little sad right now. The mountain is very clearly a metaphor for the other woman. He, Not even a metaphor. The, the, he is full on having an affair with mountain. With mountain, yeah. No, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't talk it out with wife. He didn't really get chewed out for the whole stunt where he left the kids for hours to cavort on mountain. We should maybe get to the beginning, like what the film is about. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, we should do that. I can, I can try to keep the summary short. So we open up to Christian, a geologist, and his wife, a hotel manager. They have uh, gotten, or he has gotten a wonderful new job in an oil rig. So they are moving to Oil City, which is Stavanger. And son has feelings because he likes living rural, you know. But uh, and, and they all have feelings because they love Gairanger so much. Gairanger is the name of the village they're living in. And okay, but it's all going nicely, except Christian checks in on work um, on his going away party. And Mountain has been moving funny. This is problem. Because if there is a rock slide, a landslide, which is the correct word. Landslide's correct word. Landslide. If there is landslide, which is what they are modeling for, that is their entire job. That is the purpose of why the geologists are there. They monitor mountain. Because that landslide will decimate the village. As it will cause a big, big tsunami. Or a very large wave, if you want a tidal drop. A wave. Anyway. Anyway, you notices that there have been funny motions in the mountain, but you know there is you know you you can't evacuate the entire um, village because of that. And yes, we are doing slight jaws here, even though he is the only competent geologist and therefore says yes, we must evacuate village. Well, you know, except the difference is jaws is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, 
And we had a lot more smarmy politicians who just want to keep it open for tourism. Yeah, no, this um a general trend in these movies is that we want all our characters to be very nuanced and three-dimensional. So this mommy boss who says, we are not sounding the alarm for this, also heroically sacrifices himself. So, is, uh, is that what that was about? Yeah, you know. Uh, when it made him three-dimensional? Yes, it gave him character, you know? I don't even remember He took things name. seriously enough to walk into the crevice in the first place, and then when Mountain did bad thing, he chose to sacrifice himself so his colleague could get out of crevice. Well, you see, I thought that was a dumb decision because Mountain was doing things. And Going in was... the first place? Yeah. Yeah. And the Mountain is doing very specific things. And they all think, wow, that's strange. Except for Christian, who's sitting at home, looking through his books and realizing that, my God, when Mountain does this specific thing... It, it does this one thing we are worried the mountain will do. The thing he's, we're up here to monitor, and nobody knows what that means. He is the only one to then put together, and he doesn't even realize it. You know, he doesn't know it instinctively. Instinctively, he has to look through his archives, you know, old history books, to see what happened in the past, and then have his "my God" moment. <laughs> At which point he calls the others and lets them know that they gotta get out of there and they gotta sound the alarm. And also, I think there might be some scratching noises from my cats trying to get out uh, a door. Please ignore. I'm not hearing it, but thank oh, you well, for I, that I, I, yeah, I, I hope we don't hear it in the recording either. But if so, then listeners now know what that's about. Blame the cute, cute cats, not me. <sighs> yeah, it's not showing up as being input, so hopefully that's fine. But um, yes, landslide happens and Christian jumps into car with his daughter and they drive out of town only they get stuck in traffic because everyone is driving out of town at the same time. So they have to run and shenanigans unfold and then his neighbor's wife dies. Anyway, uh, that was all very uneventful for our main character because he literally had nothing else to do but to drive out. So how do we give him something new to do? <laughs> oh yes, his wife did not evacuate from the hotel, uh, which is a very good thing, as it turns out, because the bus they were evacuating on, it had four minutes to get from the center of village to up to the top of mountain. It did not succeed to do this. All the people in the bus died. But she was not on the bus, because her son had been skateboarding in the basement and had no idea that like, the alarm like was going off. Like the kids off. do. Like the kids do. He was listening to hip-hop. You know, hip hop and skateboarding in the basement. Yeah, so she runs down into the, you know, runs all around oh, the hotel. It's two Danish an tourists. Danish couple. Yeah. Decides to stay with her. I mean, I guess it's fortunate because if they'd gotten on the bus, they would have died. Except they still die. Except they still died in horrible uh, ways. Yeah, one worse than the other. Yeah, because the wave happens, and what they first try to do is. Let's run out into the village. I know we'll be crushed. Let's go back into bomb shelter. And uh, then wife doesn't make it inside, so she drowns. At Danish which point, wife. Yes, Danish wife. wife. makes it in bomb shelter. Yes, worry. the important one makes it. <laughs> so now we have wife, son, and Danish man. And Danish man is not being good, very stoic. He's not good at this. 
He's not taking he was, his pill I mean, at he all. He was remarkably stoic, given his, his wife had just died, and they kind of just pushed her out of the bomb shelter. Yeah, well, it was her or not closing the door, so... Yeah, wife, yeah. Yeah, um, the female lead. Uh, all right, I will what say she was doing. he was Scandinavian upset. <laughs> anyway, uh, he then proceeds to panic, and um, pan panicking people in drowning situations as the bomb shelter is flooding are bad. So the wife just makes a snap decision and drowns him. Just puts her thighs around his neck and drowns him. All <laughs> the sun is just, <laughs> you know, she's looking a bit traumatized. And she just says, don't look, boy, don't look. And it's worth mentioning that um, casting... Muffin, I think you, you you are best person to describe the casting decisions made in this movie. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of so first off, and I didn't mention this, but from an outside perspective, I cannot stress enough how Norwegian this film is. I know that makes sense, but like everyone looks Norwegian and it's weird. Like um. <laughs> it's not that everyone's tall and blonde, but everyone's tall and blonde. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, actually, Muffin has pointed this out to me before with previous movies, and I genuinely do not know what she's talking about. <laughs> so that's number one. But all right, so first we have Christian, who's uh, in an American film. Well, it wouldn't be Matt Damon because this movie's he wouldn't take it. But it's like, well, so I could see a mix of people. They probably would want Matt Damon or like Tom Cruise, or maybe Mark Wahlberg. But like, you know, that sort of every man smart geologist person who will star in our movie, but you will think nothing about as a person because he has no qualities. Oh, no, but, but it's very important to think things about him as a person. We spend the first like 20 minutes establishing. Who... I know, it was very boring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like... Maybe they'd make him Jeff Goldblum, maybe, but probably not, because that that would make him too too noticeable. Anyway, what he looks like is he looks like Mark Wahlberg, but if he was cast as a meth head, and I'm sorry, that's just like he has that look to him, he, he, a sort I, of gaunt, paranoid. He he looks a bit frail, and but then also looks like a meth head. But yeah, the thing is. I, I want to say he was the right casting, but they wrote the role wrong. Because <laughs> True, he's a man in love with Mountain. He is a man in love with Mountain, who when he is sleeping in the empty house with his daughter, whole thing, I won't get into that, because we have, and believe me, we had a lot of details about his family's current home situation as they're moving to Stavanger. And yeah, he, somehow I learned nothing about them. Yeah, so they're going to sleep in this empty house, right? But they threw away all the furniture earlier in the day. So he just jumps into the trash, throws out, out, throws out the trash mattress for his daughter to sleep in, and then a trash chair for himself to sit in by the window as he has a drink and stares at the mountain. And I feel the mistake this movie made was in trying to make him seem too functional and, you know, a man who has a very put together beautiful wife really beautiful children i'm, I'm sorry but they, this is a rat this is a little rat who loves the mountain <laughs> i cannot stress enough he you know we added you know we we add it so we see the light change but he's staring at that mountain in that chair unmoving 
for several hours, like all night. He also gets his colleagues to fly him out to the mountain at one point so he can creep into the crevice. Well, that just sounds like a sex metaphor now. It does. But, uh, I mean, he'll be talking to his wife and then turn his head to look at the mountain. And the wife just disappears from the frame and we instead just look at huge mountain. Man's she head did. in, in le- lower left corner. She did just disappear from that frame, didn't she? And then she the next we see her, she's at work. Yeah, and I would keep calling it like, oh, he's about to look at the mountain again. And then he would turn his head and look longingly at the mountain. Well, joke's on him. Mountain kill town. <laughs> but not him, so maybe it loved him back. <sighs> he had some serious plot armor going. So this movie had very poor understanding of physics. <laughs> Despite all the focus on mountain. At one point, funny. when he realizes that he and the neighbor's wife are not going to make it to the top of the mountain, he goes, okay, well, there are tons of cars here. Let's just get into yours. We'll just sit there and hope for the best. <laughs> and the wife very much, the neighbor's wife very much does not make it because that yeah, was a horrible decision. In, she gets impaled. <laughs> He's perfectly uninjured. Not only does he not get crushed by the water, and I'm left with the impression that the filmmakers either did not know or did not want the audience to remember what happens when water hits you at a very high velocity. (laughs) (laughs) I I think they didn't want you to remember that or that this man should be so ill. He swam through so much flood water. Yeah, and then, you know, he gets um, up to the top of the mountain and sees that his daughter is alive. You know, he has the whole exchange with the neighbor where the neighbor finds out through silent nodding that his wife died. But then this beautiful guy decides to go back into the into town, since the wave has receded now, to look for his presumably dead wife and son. Leaving his daughter, who's very, you know, she's like six or something really wants she to be with her father. Yeah. It's a terrifying situation. And he's like, you can be brave, can't you? I guess. Yeah, that's she my girl. Has Go no be brave. Now. <laughs> also worth noting that the son was extremely physically weak. And the thing is, like, they cast him wrong because he doesn't look it at all. Because, you know, he's 17, looks very attractive, looks relatively muscular, except... They have these weird scenes where, like, he impl- he doesn't really say he's a loner, but it's like he moodily skips rocks and dad goes, hello, son, how is it going? Well, Actually, I, I would argue that's not a dad. loner scene. I would just say that makes him just pensive, his thinking. No, I, it, it wasn't at what? all. What? No, Muffin, you, you're, you're coming from American cinema. Remember, he was making, you know, flirty eye contact with a cute hotel employee. To me, he came yeah, across I, as a very, you know... I remember that thrown um, in. Upstanding, you know, well-to-do, uh, not well-to-do, um, kid who's doing well. Employee dies, so nothing came of that. I, I think she got two lines. Yeah, we, we have a very ghoulish scene where um, Christian finds the overturned hotel bus. And, er- and, and the bus is completely structurally in- intact, like perfectly fine. Specifically, so we can get like two minutes of him walking through the bus. And checking out every single corpse to see if his wife and son were in the bus. I'm very impressed with him for finding that bus in the first place. Because he had to search the entirety of the village of Kairamir. How did he find the bus? I don't know. We also do not know how he made it from... Because he he, he was in a car that got thrown around during the tsunami. And crashed landed somewhere in just an apocalyptic hellscape. And then next time we see him, he's 
he somehow found found his way back to near the top of the road. Yeah, I'm I'm still confused about that. Mm, the top of the road leading out of the village. So that's yeah. Where did he come? That's from? very steep. That's going to take you an hour at least I, to walk I am up there. Confused about that. Yeah. Well, that was pretty much the movie, except it also ended on you know white text on black screen, so you know it's serious that landslides are absolutely a thing that can happen with this particular mountain and it could happen at any time, which I can only translate as fear mongering after this movie, if I took it in any way seriously. The sequel did it too. It was taken as being super, super cool. <laughs> By the way, earthquakes exist. This could happen to you. Yeah, but this Everyone could quite die. I, I think you underestimate the sheer and deep Norwegian need for attention just things to happen. I mean, what I'll say is this. Like I said, I've seen many worse movies. This, this is nowhere near the worst movies I've ever seen. It's just unremarkably bad. <laughs> I'm also fascinated because it's very clear as you react to that you have been watching American movies. Um, yes, I primarily want, I have primarily seen American films, yes. Yeah, it's um, also about the son's physical weakness. We'll just have arbitrary things. His mother is portrayed by a very skinny woman, and yet she will consistently be impossibly like superhero level strong, <laughs> able to overpower a drowning man who weighs like two hundred pounds or something. Yeah, a full-grown drowning man easily, easily drowns this man. Able to she... close a door where flood water is against her. Steel door, you know mm -hmm. that thing's gonna be in a bomb shelter. That thing's gonna be heavy and thick. Yeah, and then uh, she's able to open that door multiple times. Yeah, and she is also able to, you know, keep swimming, not not get tired at all, while her son is near to passing out. <laughs> yeah, her son. And towards did the end of the movie, you know, husband comes to rescue them, and uh, then Christian sort of decides, okay, uh, or he loses all his energy or whatever. Uh, suddenly he's drowning, and he just loses consciousness, and she swims right back in there and. Pulls him out. A grown man. She's able to swim after all that. She's able to swim with him back out. And this all makes her, her son look so weak because the entire time he's just sitting, you know, very uselessly being helpless. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask the blasphemous question. Yeah. Why was the son a character? She needed a reason to get into the bomb shelter. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, and also... Uh, well, it was very nuclear family. If they have, you know, one son, one daughter, two parents. And nuclear family is subversive in that the mother is closer to the son than the father is. Yeah, I could really tell that subversion was going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this highlights for me that The Thing 2011, which we probably should have done one of these episodes for, but did not because we were fools. Oh, God. Yeah, we missed out an opportunity there. Was clearly made by Americans, despite stand, uh, starring Norwegians. I forever love them. Um, because characters actually emoted. <laughs> I'm actually slightly tempted now to do a review of The Thing 2011. I will give one fun tidbit about that movie, uh, one that I'm very much in love with, is that on the wiki you will read that the Norwegian actors, as they were allowed to improvise a few things, one of the things they improvised but had clearly practiced beforehand, was the performance um, or just things they were allowed to add into the movie on Impulse that made it more Norwegian, was the Norwegian folk song, Samiednan. 
That's a Eurovision song that saw me. And I just love them for putting Eurovision. That's even historically correct. It would have been in Eurovision two years before the events of that movie. In this American movie. And I had no idea. Yeah, I have nothing more to say about the wave, though. Yeah, no. I, well, it was very strange rewatching it because I remember I thought, this is great. But I I also remember thinking, when does the wave come? And (laughs) did the wave just come and go? Huh. Okay. I mean, yeah, because it is, you know, you have 10 minutes for it to get there and then it goes through. Yeah, and it's, um, a beautiful movie about people whose job is to do specific thing and then they do not do specific thing. Uh, Margot, the woman who's supposed to press the red button of evacuate, she needs to have everybody yelling at her to press the red evacuate button. Yeah, before she, she slowly to... walks over and presses it. She needed some real hand-holding in that scene. It was her entire job. And the guy sitting next to her just sort of watches instead of rushing over to press the button already. They could have done that the day before. And then the yeah. follow-up movie is when Christian um, finds out that there's going to be an earthquake. <laughs> Does his son get stuck in a basement again? Uh, no, I think his son's. I think his son is fine. Actually, he was at the university the entire time. I think he spends the entire movie not being in the movie. Oh, oh did we cut him? We didn't cut him. You know, he, he he's there. I think. I think he gets to be the only sane man in some sort of situation. I don't remember. But um, all the focus is on the Radisson Blue Hotel. <laughs> and I don't think uh, that the sun makes it into the Radisson Blue Hotel. I think it just hangs out at campus the entire time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It was a movie about things. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, um, I, I can tell. I do not recommend this movie. I guess if you want a Norwegian cinema experience, then if you want long and loving shots of mountain, of ma- no, you see the thing is you, that was easily the best part of this movie. Except those shots could have been longer to just to take away from the rest of the movie's runtime. Oh, I know. Um, you could tell the director of this was not David Lean. Well, that's most directors. Uh, anyway, yeah, but you know, a lot of directors will. I, I I I just felt those shots were not being made the most of. Yeah, considering they did get a helicopter, we deserved a lot more helicopter shots of the mountains and the fjords. And we did not get them. We did not get them, which is very surprising to me. We did, however, get a lot of CGI. Yeah, we got a lot of CGI wave. I hope I have not ruined my country's cinematic reputation. I mean, America has plenty of terrible films, so it's fine. Yeah, but the thing is, we have much fewer films. <laughs> Uh, you know, I there have been good one, movies. There have been there have been good movies, and this one did as advertised. It did exactly. It is. I don't know if I would say it's any worse than the day after tomorrow. Ah, uh, God, I can't remember what that one. I, I don't. I'm not sure I watched it. Mm-hmm, it's bad. It's the one where suddenly things are cold. Ah, uh, yeah, because I was thinking about another movie then. I hope Ben Stiller stars in it. No, he does not. Mm. I forget who it is. Well, I'm almost tempted to force Muffin to watch more Scandinavian movies because we have had some deeply dramatic films. There's one about divers in the North Sea. And it, fears, um, and it features the other big name in Norwegian acting. In fact, the biggest name possibly. 
Axel Hani. And once you see him, you will know why we... Our big actors who make it are characters. They are not the Tom Cruises of this world. <laughs> They're all character actors. Yeah. Except the thing is, I this one, they cast the character actor as the Tom Cruise role, and it's very confusing. I, I, I don't think it's confusing. I think they could have put much less, made him, tried much less hard to make him a wholesome family type guy. But I also, I did very much enjoy watching this poor put together woman have to try and put up with her husband who will leave their children in a car for hours at an end because he had to go to the mountain. I miss the mountains, Gandalf. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I declare us done. Yes. Episode over. Very good. Goodbye. Goodbye.